The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Welcome welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living in our first half hour. My interview is with Marsha Gloucester. She's the author of 31 Days, a memoir of seduction, which gives the reader a glimpse of Kokoschka's famous and infamous school and paints an intimate portrait of the artist with whom she started these seductive Salzburg nights. Just two decades after World War II, she observes the tensions and mystery in an era of flux. And we're going to talk about the insights and emotional workings of a young woman's eye and mind and, you know, what happens when you're in those early days and you fall in love and how does that affect your life later? All right, my guest is Marsha. Hello, Marsha. Good. All right. Well, how, what, what inspired you to write 31 Days, a memoir of seduction? Well, Patricia, it wasn't exactly an inspiration. It was actually um, a moment in time and place. Uh, it's a story that happened to me many years ago and that I had actually sort of put away in my memory and not thought about for quite a few years. And one day... Uh, in 2011, uh, a very cold, frosty uh, February day, I needed to take a walk. I was working on a project, and I walked down to a store just to get warm, and I figured I'd walk home and get back to work. And as I walked into the store, I unexpectedly, unexpectedly heard a song that made me stop and listen. As I did... I saw, suddenly saw a vision, actually um, an image in my mind of the first moment I had met this man, my instructor in Salzburg, 48 years before. Um, it, it stopped me cold, obviously. I'm a pragmatist. These things don't happen to me. And as I turned to leave the store, I realized not only had I seen this vision, but I actually had the name of a book and the first page of the book. And the first page of that book has not changed that dramatically, although there have been many rewrites since that moment. So you can imagine how frightening that was. Uh, what I did is I basically ran home, looked at the computer, threw off my coat, sat down and started writing. It was almost as if uh, a file drawer had unlocked itself and suddenly the memories were tumbling out. And I couldn't now, stop. Were these your, were these your personal memory, memories? These were my very personal memories. This was a story that, since it happened in 1963 when I was 20, um, wasn't exactly a story one could tell to anybody, certainly not my friends, because there was always a fear of what they would think of me, and then also of, of the message getting back to my parents, which I certainly didn't want. They would have 
had apoplexy. Um, it was a very unique story, um, although I'm sure many people have had summer romances of one sort or another. This was one that just didn't require telling, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It was sort of a secret, and I kept it that way. The only people who knew about it was the girl who traveled with me that summer and attended the school, and who also, and my, um, also my college roommate. So... And, and, and my question, I guess my question is why um, this memory had to be locked pretty deep inside of you for all of a sudden that song to trigger it and for you to start writing. Very much so. so Very much so. when you started releasing all of this, you know, from this unlocked file cabinet, if you will, that, what changes did you see in yourself as you were writing? What, what started happening within you? Well, in brief, if I may go back to the story for a moment, it's really the story um, of where I went to this art school run by Oskar Kokoschka in 1963 in Salzburg, Austria, which in itself practically plays a part in the story because it's such an amazing little town, an ancient city and very um, atmospheric. But the first day I was there with my friend, we went up to see where our classroom was going to be. This was an international school with several instructors under Kokoschka who taught different languages. Um, obviously, we were in the English-speaking class, and our instructor was a very well-known painter, um, William Thompson from London, very social, very, you know, thought, everybody thought wonderfully of him. And the moment I saw him, the world stood still, even for just a fraction of a second. And it wasn't with pure love and attraction. It was more with fear and the... Um, warning to myself to stay away from him. And later that day, in meeting some of my people who would become my friends there, they also warned me about the various instructors at the school, but he in particular. He was married. He had a girlfriend who visited on weekends, and he liked seducing the young girls in the classes. This was his thing. He was a real artist, but he was a very, very seductive man, very arrogant, very self-centered. So as much as I tried to stay away... Um, it just wasn't to be. I mean, it just didn't work that quite as well as I had hoped, and actually that was all right. And it created a, um, a very intense relationship that lasted pretty much the whole month that I was there. And, and also within that month, you have to realize there was a time limit. I always knew there was going to be an ending, so that even added more poignancy to it and more difficulty at the same time. Um, so fast forward many years, and in, in the, at the moment that this all occurred to me in, in a flash that day, as I went home and started writing the book, I realized over the next few months that I was becoming younger, that all my emotions were suddenly returning, emotions I hadn't felt in years. Mm. And all of a sudden, I was laughing and crying, sitting at the computer, reliving these moments. And added to that, I had been smart enough all those years ago to take notes. I had kept a journal because I knew something extraordinary was happening to me, that the relationship was so unusual and really special, and the people around us were so unusual and special that I just kept writing things down in parts of whole entire conversations. So as I was going through all of this and researching and bringing out my letters and my, my own notes, 
all of this came back, and also since I hadn't told the story to anyone in all those years, the memories were pure. Mm. So mm. it really, I could say, I guess you could say it, it renewed my life. It rejuvenated me. And how I did was, that translate in your life? What were some of the things you started doing now that you really released these old emotions that were had been dormant? Yes, um, I did speak to a psychiatrist about it, actually several, because it was such a confusing moment. Um, and, and they've all said that these things were long buried, but they were still there. And the memories, because I had never told anybody, were clean. There, nobody had asked me questions. Nobody had offered opinions. Um, one of the things, I, I started as a painter. Thus, I was in Salzburg at that art school that summer. And I had hoped to continue it, but when I graduated from college, I had to go to work, and I became an art director over the years. I started as an assistant and worked my way up, and eventually I ran an advertising agency for many years. And all during those years, I was unable to paint. I just There's just no creative energy left over at the end of a day like that to be able to function. And I had always felt that sooner or later I'd get back to it, but it really wasn't happening. And although I had tried painting a couple of years before, I realized something was missing, and I didn't know what it was. And in writing the book, all of that creativity that, it, that came back to me in, in writing came back in painting. And I was able, after a few months in, into the book, to start painting again, and it began to work. And in the last few years, I've been exhibiting and, and selling, and it's been amazing. I mean, it's, it's like a renewal of energy and creativity. And I wish I could package it for people because it's an unbelievable feeling. So do you feel that part of this for all of us is the ability and the willingness to open up and let go of some of those really tough emotions that are blocked inside? Do you feel that makes a huge difference and that people should do it and find somebody they feel safe with? If you can, I, if, as I said, if, if I could tell people how to do it, if I could tell people how to have that moment. I have met a few people who understand this and who have had these moments. I, I don't know where it came from, and I wouldn't know how to go back and get it. If I could, I would, because I'm writing another book now, and I could certainly use the help. But um, I, I think if... Yeah, I think people tend to put aside memories or to um, bury them because they don't want to confront them, especially old emotions and perhaps old relationships. I mean, you have some letters and, you know, notes and cards from old relationships and people you've loved in the past, but you really don't want to really face it again. And I'm not sure that on my own without this happening that I would have faced it again either. I think I would have just said, well, you know, let it lie there and, and be part of my past. But suddenly it came forward and it became my present. Marsha, when you, when you did this and after writing the book, did you ever try to get in touch with this teacher? That you have to read the book for. <laughs> Um, I will tell you, however, I have been in touch with, with quite a few people in the story. Mm. But um, there's um, a lot of uh, parts of that in the, in, in the actual book. Yeah. So um, I 
probably, you know, hopefully people will read the book and, and find that out. And actually people have gone online to find out more about it as well, which is kind of interesting. But I really um, wrote it with a sense of, um, it, it, although it does go forward um, after that, after the 31 days that the book covers, um, I, I really don't want to go there right now. All right. All right, and we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more to Marsha Gloucester about her memoir, 31 Days, a Memoir of Seduction, which really spurred her on to do artwork and to release um, you know, a part of her life that gave her tremendous creativity and positivity. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. I'm with Marsha Gloucester. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Hi, everyone. We're back listening to Patricia Raskin Positive Living. Right here on Voice America, America's Voice. My guest is Marsha Gloucester. She's the author of the memoir, 31 Days, a Memoir of Seduction. She was born in Los Angeles and has lived the majority of her life in New York City, during which time she built a career as an award-winning art director and book designer. She's a member of the National Association of Women Artists in New York City and Studio Montclair in New Jersey, and has exhibited her paintings in New York City, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Welcome back, Marsha. Thank you. All right, so um, tell us... Tell us a little bit about maybe one of the most memorable moments that you want to share from the book, from that summer, from that 31 days. Well, I guess, um, as my publisher once said to me, what was the turning point? And I guess that perhaps could be 
where you can go with this. Um, as I mentioned, um, this instructor, uh, William Thompson, was a very seductive man, and as much as I tried to stay away from him, it was it just became impossible. In fact, it only took a few days to where I didn't stay away from him. But he had a re- very bad reputation. He had a reputation for seducing his students and then breaking up with them. And I didn't think, of course, you don't think it's going to happen to you, but it did. He, I had a glorious time with him one afternoon, and then a couple of days later he was ignoring me, and I asked him a question, and he told me to meet him outside, and he told me quite bluntly that he wasn't about to have an affair with me. He had too many other things going on, and this was, you know, he had his life, and I had mine, and that, you know, this was only going to be here for a month, and, you know, what was the difference? And he actually said to me, you know, I'm not going to have an affair with you because you'll fall in love with me. We go on past experience, which I thought was probably one of the more arrogant sentences that anybody could ever say to another person. Mm-hmm. And I looked back at him and I, and I, in all my 20-year-old grandeur and naivete and said, I won't fall in love with you. And that stopped him because I think he did. And I think I realized it strangely enough, even though I was so inexperienced, that he wanted all of these girls to fall in love with him. He wanted this attention. And he, he got it. But I felt, well, if he was going to walk away from me at this point, you know, why not just go for it? And I did. And it did stop him. And it did actually begin the relationship, which went on to be, as I said, um, complicated yet very intense. But I'll tell you what I learned from that was, and I I really probably didn't even realize it until I I was writing the book, was that you don't necessarily have to take no as an answer. You can take it as a challenge. And Mm. I probably lived a lot of my life that way, especially when you're a professional in advertising and publishing and in those those professions where people are constantly challenging you and, and saying, no, we can't do this. And, and if you don't take it just as a final answer, you'll get along a lot better with taking it as a challenge. Mm-hmm. And he also is a very powerful artist, a very powerful presence. And he had his own uh, personal sense of identity, which he sort of passed on not only to me but to quite a few of us at the school and in speaking with one of my friends from there in these last couple of years, several people have, a couple of my friends actually, have both said that this was a summer they would never forget, not only because of him, for just because of the, the whole situation of the school. It wasn't just me. It wasn't just them. It wasn't just him. It was a whole ambiance and interaction of events that happened and that are written into the book. And that's, it makes it more than just a love affair. It's a really experience. Um, something that's shared by, by six or seven different main people that uh, inhabit this book. Yeah. When you look back now, how do you feel about the whole thing? Are you glad you went through it? If you had to do it again, would you do it? <laughs> Patricia, I'd do it again in a heartbeat, and I you wouldn't would. change anything, even if I say to myself, oh, boy, I wish I knew then what I know now. But yet it had to be experienced as it was because that is just the way it was. I was naive. He was what he was. Other people were what they were. And I think if you tried to change it in any way, and perhaps if we tried to change anything really in our lives, that we would be different people. And that may be a good or not necessarily a good thing. 
but we are who we are, and all these things make us what we are today. Yeah, how, how true, how true. What's your message for the listeners? Uh, I would say, and, and and I have been asked this before, is um, first of all, go for it. Don't don't sit back and ever regret anything. Um, have the experiences. Don't don't be afraid, because you know it's, it's a cliche, but this is not a rehearsal. This is our only chance. And to try and make it as fulfilling and as real as we can. And even if you take chances. Uh, and you lose. And if you fall in love and it doesn't happen, which happened to me that summer, and I finally, you know, had to realize it, I still went for it and I still had this amazing experience. And at the same time, you realize that this is not the end of your life. This is going to go on and there are going to be other people and all of these experiences that you've had are going to enable you to deal with all of this somehow, somehow. And I think that's very important. I think that you just have to, I guess, retain your curiosity and your optimism. I hope that answers the question. Well, but I also think I'd like you to extend that to what happened for you in terms of your work and your creativity once you release this story with inside of you that had been here for many years and, and not told. Okay. Well, um that this writing the story I had written before, but I had never written a story or a book. I had written proposals and and you know client you know things and and marketing plans and stuff like that. But I had never written a book, and I had no idea I could write a book at the time. I had said, and actually somebody at the school had said to me, one of my friends, in a, in a moment of chaos, um, somebody should write a book about this. And I said, well, I'm taking notes, you know, maybe one day. And then you know what you think is is that. I, I think this is a great story, and I think a lot of people probably have great stories, but you don't know how to begin it. Um, I got lucky. I had this moment in time where this memory this manifested itself in a vision, and then all of this stuff came back, and I was able to write about it. But the writing of it took three years. It wasn't a short period of time, and there was the skeletal version, which I did in about 16 hours a day for about seven months, and it was compulsive. Um, but it, it began to bring out the energy and the creativity. And I think that um, that generated, obviously, my painting. And, and it hasn't stopped. It's maintained, and it's brought me new people into my life. It's brought me new experiences. It's opened me up again to new experiences where you think your life may be slowing down. It doesn't have to. It just, you know, I sound like a preacher here, but it doesn't have to. You can, you can open yourself up for these things and maybe sometimes dig down deep and find something that may make you happy or sad, but that brings back that emotion and that brings back that energy. Um, I'm now writing another book, which is actually based on a true story, another relationship, but I'm writing it as a novel, which is a very different, um, yeah, different process experience. to go through. However, you know, do you do you have to go through that kind of experience? It doesn't have to be that type of experience exactly, right? To be able to get these lessons. No, I would think each each individual would have their own. But I think we have to if you if you want to try, um, if you feel you have to get out of whatever 
uh, mood or um, space or place that you're in, that maybe it's worth digging into something and looking at it and trying to see it from a different perspective or a new perspective as opposed, or maybe the same one as I did that I had seen it from when I was 20. Mm, yeah. How can I mean, it's, it's not easy. Yeah, that, and that, I think that's the point. Yeah, it, it isn't an easy process. No, it's, it's not an easy process, and it's a very, in its own way, a very painful process. I mean, as I said, I laughed and I cried, and I did. Um, there were nights I went to bed and I thought, and, you know, how am I going to get through this? I, I barely got through it that time, and here I am putting myself through this again. Yeah. And yet it was a crazy, wild experience, and I ended up with a smile. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and I mean, with some get, great, you get great things through happening it. in your life as well. Um, who is your market for this book? And also, how can uh, listeners and readers get this? Give us the website. Uh, I think almost, um, I wouldn't suggest it for young, it's not a young adult book by any means. It's definitely an, a book that has, from what I can tell and from what my reviews, um, really appeals to all women of all ages, and some men, too. Some men just love it. Um, it it's actually quite a broad appeal. It's, many women have had these experiences and relate to it very intensely, and others who haven't also say it's memorable and they'll never forget it. They feel like they've lived it. Uh, you can find more about it at my website, which is www.marciagloster.com. And there are reviews on um, Goodreads, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all of those things. And I've been very fortunate to have gotten some really wonderful reviews. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm wondering if it will be a movie one day. Well, my publisher, I think, would like it to be. Yeah. <laughs> I never, you know, strangely, every as, as my early readers were reading it, they kept coming back to me and saying, I see this as a movie, and I didn't write yeah. it that way. I wrote it as a book. Yeah. Well, wonderful. It was great to interview you, and again, people can go to MarciaGloster.com, M-A-R-C-I-A, Gloucester, which is G-L-O-S-T-E-R.com. The book is 31 Days, A Memoir of Seduction. Thanks so much for being on the program. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. All right. All right. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, okay. folks. Um, we're going to take a break, and when we come up next, uh, our guest is Greg McBride. His book is Weightless. And uh, we'll be right back with you right here on voiceamerica.com. I'm Patricia Raskin for Patricia Raskin Positive Living. Stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 